With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Waiting on the Bonus Points, a fantasy Premier League podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to a half episode of Waiting on the Bonus Points. Um, we are recording this episode, uh, this week's episode in two parts, or two legs, if you will, like in the Champions League. And we'll explain a little bit um, about why we're going to do that in just a second. Before, but before I do that, obviously have to introduce my co-host, the gut man Jack Ball. Hello, you doing? okay? So it feels a bit weird to not have uh, just, just me and you here. It's, it's odd. Yeah, we should just say the producer, John, is on his day off. Uh, so we are making do without without him. Of course, it is also strange because the game week isn't actually over. So we're both in that kind of limbo state where when we will come on to a little bit of detail how our teams are doing uh, halfway through. And there's things we can talk about, but I've still kind of got that tension within me knowing that I've got some players left to play. Well, that's the thing. It's quite nicely poised at the moment. You know, you, you, you've got all your hopes on... A lot of people use chips of some kind, haven't they? So yeah, exactly. There's a lot still riding on it. And oh, yeah. It's a big week. We're halfway through. But the reason why we're recording this in two legs uh, is because um, we'd like to try and uh, always make sure there's a good number of days between when we record a podcast and the next game week so that we can spend most of our time talking about that new game week uh, and make sure that the advice we give and the topics we discuss are as relevant for as long as possible. Because as we know, there's always quite a quick turnaround in uh, FPL, no more than about four or five days at the most. But with this one, obviously, it's double game week 34 and that doesn't finish till Thursday night. And of course, uh, that would mean that if we wait until this game week to finish to, to even uh, get something online, it'd only really be relevant for about 24 hours. Because yeah. of course, the next game week starts on the Saturday. And more so, importantly, it's my day off on the Friday. Yes, so. exactly. And we are all entitled to those. Uh, so <laughs> in terms of the way that we're going to do it, we're kind of going to split the current format across the two episodes. So what we're going to do is with this one, uh, we're just going to look at how Double Game Week 34 has gone so far. And we're going to look ahead to game week 35, mostly talking about the teams that have already played their single fixture and don't have a double to come. Because um, then that means that what we're going to talk about will stay relevant throughout the week because they've played their game, they haven't got any other games, so we can talk about them. Yeah. Um, and then, in the, so what we'll have this week is we're going to have, uh, we're going to recap on what's happened so far, we're going to talk about what's happened with our teams and what's happened to everybody else's. We're going to take some questions from the community about those topics I just mentioned, and then we'll have our stat of the week. And that'll be that, like I said, it'll be a half episode, which means that next week, uh, or rather not next week, uh, either on Thursday or Friday, we haven't quite worked out exactly how we're going to do it just yet, but on Thursday or Friday, uh, we will have the big debate, which we'll go into more detail about Game Week 35. Uh, we'll, ha- we'll update you on our FPL League, and we will then have our Friday Night Deadline quiz with our producer, John Bishop. So that will be in part two, or the second leg of this episode. So... I think I've cleared up everything. I think I've cleared up all the Good notices. It's like the terms yeah. and conditions, isn't it? You have to read through them very quickly. Other than, actually, we do have two more announcements. So, so the first one is that um, we will have a, um, we will have, we, oh, no, actually, we have cleared that up before. We are going to have a fourth of April. Uh, the biggest news, actually, that has kind of been a little bit, you know, understated because there's so much to explain, is that um, I am actually leaving the Herald on April 27th. 
So, oh. Oh, oh, thank you, Jack. He's, he's nabbed the, the sound effects there, and that's very kind. There wasn't a party one, so I, I thought I'd got for that. Actually, one there time. is one somewhere, kids cheering somewhere, but I don't think it's on my favourites, so we could maybe go for. I'm leaving. <laughs> or, uh, you know, I'm leaving. Oh, no, here it is. I'm leaving. So the, <laughs> so, the, so the podcast will be turning into a Jackboard monologue. No, it won't. Yeah. I won't be doing that. So in terms of what's left, uh, we've got two episodes after this one, one of which will be the second leg of this one, mm-hmm. and then the other one will be a preview for Game Week 36, and then that is it. Um, because I'll just do some, some nice sort of little roundup of what I've enjoyed and yes I think that one is good we'll talk about Game Week 36 for that one but we will, because it will be the, it will in all likelihood be the last ever episode because it will only leave Jack left here and I don't think he's F- that keen for a one man F- monologue FPL is not my job unfortunately so I wouldn't be able to put the time in to make it as good as what you've, you've done well thank you very much that's very, very kind of you to say Jack but um, yeah we're going to we're going to try and uh, we're going to try and make that um, a little bit more what's the word fun I suppose not that we don't have fun anyway but it's a little bit different and, I f- and you know it might be a little bit longer than usual because it will be the last one yeah you know, it's exactly just to reminisce asking. really because we've, we've enjoyed the year we've I mean it's typically come on one of my worst ever uh, <laughs> worst ever seasons but me you and Baron before we left all said that this was one of the highlights of our oh, week yeah. so well speaking of Baron we are currently in negotiations to try and get Baron on that final episode either by Skype or by lifting him here Getting the band back together. Yeah, exactly. I mean, to be fair, I mean, he's so tall, we can actually see him right now, even though he's, you know, at the other end of the country. So maybe we could just uh, attach a cup and a piece of string and he can join in. So that's, that's the hope. Uh, we'll let you know if um, his busy schedule covering Leeds United allows him to do that. But that, would, that would be special. It would be a nice way to end it. You know, it's, oh, yeah. it's something that we've all, all enjoyed and had plenty of highs and lows throughout the year. So it'd be good to recap that a bit. Definitely. Well, speaking of highs and lows, Jack, let's get straight into the halfway point of double game week. 34 and uh, well I think we've got to start with the chips we have to start with the chips because I said last week when you were kind of working through your idea for the rest of the season I was like Jack you've got to play triple captains I'm 100% certain you're going to play it I said I think you're going to play on Harry Kane please reveal all everybody has been waiting to find out what did you do with your chip well Harry Kane might want to claim it but I actually gave it to Jamie Vardy I'm annoyed at myself for making that joke because I've got really annoyed at the jokes I've gone on for far too long and I've just made one myself but Jamie Vardy was the man that got my wow. captain and you were convinced I was going to give it to Harry Kane yeah. and I mean this from the bottom of my heart he was never in my consideration for, for a triple captain the only time he came into my head was I think in the day or two before the was fixture. it to claim your brain that's, when, that's, when, that's when everyone else was saying they're thinking about making him and it made me think actually should I be thinking about this <laughs> but I stuck with Vardy and so far Jamie Vardy they're only halfway through so far it's paid off well, and actually yeah I mean we should let's talk about Vardy just to begin with I mean it wasn't really talked about that much as a captain option uh, for this particular week um, but actually you know Burnley haven't kept as many clean sheets as, as they did before and obviously we'll come on to why that's annoying for some people in a minute but his next game so you've got, you've got 18 points in the bag for him already yeah. which isn't too bad um, already more than Baron, for example, got out of Harry Kane in double game week twenty two, um, and then you've got this home game against Southampton. And, and this was the rubbish. one. This was the one that made me pick him. Really, yeah. the Burnley one. Anything was a sort of plus in that because you know what Burnley can be like yeah. defensively. Even though since I've had a Burnley defender, they've not seemed to have done much at all. <laughs> but but you know, there's that potential with Burnley that they can keep a clean sheet. Now Southampton leak goals left, right, and centre. Terrible. They are. I don't, I don't know what's happened to them. They just. I think they're averaging three goals conceded per game under Mark Hughes. I mean, I, I, I don't know. If, um, uh, the manager's going to stay but if they do get relegated I mean God, you'd fancy that job wouldn't you as, as a manager in the championship Southampton if they'd have a lot Southampton. of money but um, the fact Leicester at home against Southampton as well and they have put in some good performances and Jamie Vardy I know historically he doesn't always get goals into lower teams 
But I just thought at this stage of the season it was worth a pump because not many people captained him, let alone used a triple captainship yeah. on him. It was a very um, left field appointment, but I suppose it's very Jack. So. It was it was nerve wracking because they were two 0 down Leicester with like twenty minutes left roughly, yeah. and I thought, oh, please just <laughs> one something like this work 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 in my favour. So when I do this podcast, I can actually claim some sort of <laughs> praise rather than things backfiring. But the Which to be fair, stage. you gave me praise from Morata, so oh. I should I should take that and. Actually, my, my transfers in the last few weeks, I brought Vardy in for this game week. I didn't yeah. have him before. My transfers over the last few weeks, I've taken points hits, but it's, they've been working out. That's the thing. Halfway in, like you can't, you can't be unhappy with that progress. I mean, at one goal against one of the best defences in the league, and then he's going into a game against probably one of the worst over the last four or five weeks. I mean, if he doesn't do anything against Southampton, I will be disappointed, don't get me wrong. But at least I've got something out of it yeah, already. exactly. Already banked. Because like you said, Baron was unlucky when he picked his... Um, you've not picked yours just yet, have you? No, mine's going to come probably in game of 37. But. So, I mean, but so much can change. You know, people are saying, you know, you're right to do it over Kane, but they've both got another game to left to play. If Kane bags a hatch in the next game, yeah. and Vardy does nothing, then it could quickly change. So, I'm going to enjoy the highs while it's high, because I can <laughs> almost guarantee that it will go disastrously wrong in the week. Well, I mean, talk, talk us through the rest of your team, because yeah. you're actually in a pretty good state. Well, this is the thing, like... Through. Even though you... I don't know if when you do a podcast you can really take praise in the fact that you've you've not thought about things as much as others, <laughs> but like you you know what I'm like I've not put huge amounts of consideration into oh, I need to make sure I have everyone playing a double game week then I need to think about what I'm going to do for the, the blank game week and yeah. then I need to think about another I've not done any of that it's all been <laughs> sort of maybe I think about two weeks ahead at a push so I've done all this without really making a, a master plan if you like <laughs> so apart from Vardy I had, had Morata as my vice captain hey. again just because There's it was a, a pun I said it, and I, I can't remember if I said it on the podcast or just said it in passing, because we obviously have a lot of discussions, don't we, about yeah. FPL out yeah. of this podcast. <laughs> and I remember saying I, I didn't understand why everyone was so sure that Kane was going to fire against City. Now, I get that City had a bad week. Yeah, but very bad week. one bad week out of however many weeks the season's been, you know, there's more history in the, in, in the fact that Mazzy might keep, keep Kane out. So I wasn't convinced. Don't get me wrong. There was part of me that was ready to be proved wrong. <laughs> but I was quite vocal, at least to you. Again, yeah. I can't remember if it was on the podcast about I'm not really understanding why people are almost... It's almost as if they were sure he was going to get points against City. It wasn't just a, oh, <laughs> well, let's he, hope. He got two. <laughs> yeah, he, he, did, he did get two. So I have Kane. Yeah. But you captained him, is that right? I've captained you him. You captained yeah. him. So it's a weird scenario. Everyone that plays FPL will know their own rivals with, with friends. They have players that they have in their team that they don't want to do well because someone else is <laughs> captained him. So I found myself wanting Kane to blank, <laughs> which is unusual. So he got me two. Morata got me two. Very little. My midfield. I'm very happy with my midfield. Milivojevic again. Oh, He's really annoying me because I had him. Um, uh, I bought him about four weeks before the blank game week thirty one, and um, and he did fairly well for me. And I got two goals out of, out of him in the end. And then because he wasn't playing any doubles, I was like, right, see you later. He's done very well. And then every game week since he has scored or assisted. It's really frustrating. I would like to point. I did, I did have him at the very start of the season. Yeah, you did before yeah. he did anything. Yeah. But I, I had him. I've had him for two weeks now. Last week he got me ten points. Yeah, he got and me this, nine this week. This week he got me nine with two yeah. assists. I mean, nineteen points in two game weeks for. How much is he worth? He's at least five million now because he was four five and now he's five point one now. So five point one. Yeah, I mean, he's a popular option in that bracket. So I mean, and, and and Palace are playing some good stuff and Saha yeah. and Milovic are linking quite well, quite nicely together. So so he got me nine points again. Brought him in and he's done well. Salah got me eight points. Yeah. You know, and again he doesn't have another game to play, but 
It makes sense he, to keep he, he can there. get things in single game weeks. You know, yeah. he's going to probably end up on more points than some of my midfielders that are on my bench. <laughs> so again, he was he was a good option to pick. It's worth pointing out, Milovic also doesn't have another fixture this week, so that's him done for the week. But nine points, I'm happy with that. You know, yeah. any sort of contribution from a cheap midfielder, then you've got to be oh, happy yeah. with that. Absolutely. I, my other transfer was Lingard. That didn't really work, perhaps as much as I wanted to. But he didn't start the game, which is frustrating for a lot of people. It was frustrating. Uh, uh, man, you were just frustrating for a stop. <laughs> I think for anyone that had had their players, he came on at halftime, gave me some sort of hope that he would get points got me one point I mean there's still the away game against Bournemouth and if I'm Jose Mourinho and look at the team that have how they played on Saturday I'm thinking well I'm going to change some of that oh yeah that you was, expect that Lingard to start before. and Lingard actually I think has more goals away from home uh, since like November than he does at home so, so again we're only halfway through then but, but I brought him in because he was cheap and it allowed me to get Vardy so overall of the two transfers yeah. it's worked out quite nicely yeah definitely um, in defence very quickly Van Dijk again six points yeah fine with that that's his only game and then my other three defenders have all got another game to play. Tarkovsky, Dunk and Maguire, who got me two points. You also got an assist out of Dunk, did you not? He got me four points in total, so yeah. That's not bad. Um, Pickford in goal for four points. Again, got more points than Dubravka, which you know when you've got two keepers, you always want to see that happen. It didn't oh, happen yeah. last week when I had Pickford on the bench. He got ten points. <laughs> he was ca- Pickford um, was coming close, I think, to, uh, to another ten-pointer, but didn't happen in the end. No. Um, so, so overall, I've finished on fifth, well, at this stage, I should say not finished on, 53 points, and that... Yeah. That includes a four-point hit, so I'll have 57, but four-point hit, so 53. I mean, I think you've definitely proven that um, you, you're definitely one of the managers who can hold their head high and say, just because I didn't have loads and loads of double game week players doesn't mean I couldn't have a, a good week. I mean, the game week's not over yet, so, um, you know, you don't, we don't want to be too early in saying that, but the signs are there that you could have a good week because you're on 53 points with a four-point hit, or 57 and then a four-point hit takes you to but 53. If, you know, if I, if I look at a lot of players that I'm in the same league with, I'm, I've, done, I've got one of the highest scores out of most of my leagues, you yeah. know. So, and you've got, and you still. The thing is, you still have a fair few. Don't you have seven double game week players left to play another game? Is that right? Yes, seven. That's right. And one of them's a triple captain. So I mean, the 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 possibility of you ending the week on triple figures is still entirely possible. You know, if you want to have a good double game week, you're looking at maybe close to one hundred points, thing and is, you can still get that. Bench boost doesn't excite me overly much because. So many teams sold to keep clean sheets <laughs> now that you you looking at twos and ones for oh, quite yeah. a few of them. That's what I'm, I'm not at just saying I'm not just saying that retrospectively because I know you your bench hasn't particularly done much just yet. Yeah. I'm just saying it's it's not the most exciting of chips because you're relying on defensive players to keep clean sheets, which just doesn't seem to happen. It's, that much it's, it's a chip in my opinion that only works really well if you've played it after a wild card, relatively recently. But even then, yeah, I mean what I'm looking at on my bench boost which is the chip I use this week at the moment. I mean the thing is is that it's hard to say who would have actually been on my bench because when you play the bench boost you basically just don't bother with your team because you know you're getting points. The only thing you actually have to settle is your captain and your vice captain and you just make sure that whoever you choose isn't on your bench. So I I got to be honest so, so my transfer this week I always said I was going to bring in Kane, I was going to for Aubameyang and I was going to get rid of Monreal and bring in a cheap defender. I wasn't sure I was going to go with in the end I was very very torn between um, Masawaku because he's got a double in 37 and Kevin Long and I am so glad that I chose the right guy because he came in with 10 points in a game where Burnley again didn't keep a clean sheet so that's the thing about that Vardy goal is obviously it would have I mean I don't have to worry about your league position but I do have to worry about this forfeit yeah of course Um, it caused a massive swing because I had had double Burnley uh, defence who were going I didn't check because I, I always thought Leicester would score. I didn't go in and have a look and bank those points in my head before they were banked in real life. But, you know, two clean sheets. You know, one of them was from a guy who scored a goal as well. I was, you know, 
seeing that Vardy goal was just so annoying because it took eight points off and possibly a few bonus as well and then put 18 points basically on your See, it, was, it, was good for, it was good for me as well because I, t- I have Tarkovsky so you know when you've got oh, defenders yeah. so it sort of makes it that little bit more, more bearable and I've also got Morata who's playing Burnley next so it's, it's weird because you don't know which way you, you want yeah. it to go well I wasn't sure about Burnley I didn't really want to double up but Long just made the most sense because he was a bit cheaper and um, you know I knew he was going to play and I didn't. And Masawaki, yeah, he kind of made sense for a little bit later, but I just don't really trust West Ham. So, but I mean, just quickly mention bench boost. My fourth substitute, Schindler, oh. eight points. Oh no! It's just honestly, I was debating because he because it's quite a nice fixture. Yeah. I was debating he could keep a clean sheet against someone that's maybe not got some fanciful fixtures, but they've got two of them. But I, I opted They're definitely for two under the fixtures. radar. I didn't even. The thing is, right? I was um I was at home bark on Saturday for um the Portsmouth game for Argar, and I always I have tweaked deck up, so I always generally see the scores come through. Um, and I, and I, I only in the end managed to watch about half a match of the day because when you have kids it's difficult to fit it in but I didn't even realise until I logged in this morning I didn't even know how to and Watford play a game and they won 1-0 I, I, I was the first I'd heard of it I just had no idea because those two teams are just so under the radar because they don't score many goals they don't really concede that many either I mean Huddersfield aren't great at the back but you know I didn't even know that game had happened so you can be forgiven for just completely forgetting that Schindler could ironically I mean, at the moment, I'd have been better off using bench boost. <laughs> so I've got four, uh, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, four, fifteen points on my bench. Yeah. And I would, and I'm uh, twelve points better off by having a triple captain. But none of my bench players have an extra well, game see, to play. Vardy does. So my, my bench we'll work is, out more in my favour. My my bench, if we're going to go on what it is at the moment, I think I probably would have benched long and started Lowton had I needed to think about it. So I mean, read into how you were. I got Lowton, Shalotto, Cook. And Ryan on the bench. Currently, my bench is I think it was uh, four, five, seven. But you know, I could arguably throw Kevin Long into that if I wanted to. My biggest bugbear, I guess, of the week is I mean, Mara's is disappointing me because basically ever since I've had Mara's, he's done nothing. And and we looked into the statistics of it. Mara's clearly the better option in games against rubbish teams than Vardy. And what's happened since we discovered that? Vardy scored three in a row, Mara's is blank three in a row, and I have Mara's and I don't have Vardy anymore. William finally brought me something, so that was nice. Um, that game was annoying. And then obviously, uh, Wes Morgan always getting me one point because he is just rubbish. Um, but at least it's not Harry Maguire, so I'm not wasting my money. But the biggest, uh, the biggest frustration, I mean, even more frustrating than Kane blanking against Man City because Man City are pretty good. Man United, what is going on? If there's ever a time you double up on the best home defence in the league, it's when they're facing the worst attack well, and they lost so. 1-0. Not if you, you listen to Jack. Oh, no. I, I don't, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I get a fair few bits <laughs> that don't come true, but how many times on this podcast have oh, I said, no. don't, West Brom will always let you down for a clean sheet. So it doesn't, it really, honestly, doesn't surprise me. No, don't get me wrong, I didn't think they would win 1-0. <laughs> but it doesn't surprise me they didn't keep a clean sheet. Oh, no, and I was so happy. And it was so near the end as well. And, and De Gea was good, had a save bonus point and it was just, so many people had only gone with one defender and it was going to be a big difference. So like, that Vardy goal and that Rodriguez goal have knocked off 16 points off my team and then possibly some bonus as well. It's just so frustrating because if there's, that's just the game you do it. You know, if, the, if you're not going to double up on United's defence in that game, when are you going to do it? And, um, but yeah, of course, you, know, you pointed that last week, Jack, and then we went back and had a look that West Brom had scored, I think, five games in a row uh, in games that, you know, basically in garbage time when they'd already lost the game. So, that, you know, they clearly have a clue how to score goals, I suppose. Maybe that's what I should have realised. But, like, I just keep going back to it. If you're not going to double up on the best defence at home in the league when they're playing the worst attack, when are you going to do it? So, um, but, like, you know, my, so my score at the moment is 50, which I, I, I'm kind of happy with. It's still quite good it compared to be, some people's. Yeah, it could have been better. I mean, it's above the average. 
And um, because, you know, I feel like I've played my wild card at the right time, I still have 14 players who all play again. The thing I would argue, though, about that Man U fixture is the good thing is not many people have West Brom players, so it doesn't harm yeah, yeah. as much in that sense. Yeah, it's like a missed opportunity rather than a swing. Like the Vardy one, that annoyed me because a lot of people have Vardy. Um, but, yeah, oh. one other thing I think we should all point out, we both have Salah, mm-hmm. and there was a big debate, should he keep him, should he sell him? In the end, after we discovered that he was probably going to play uh, on Friday because of the way that Jurgen Klopp talked about it, that's when I was like, I'm definitely going to keep him. I didn't want to take a point six to move him on. I think most people who've decided to keep him, spend their transfers elsewhere, probably been justified. Eight points isn't massive, but it'll do. But the- what you've got to remember is there's not many midfielders in this game that are going to be as, as, as banked to score as Salah. Mm. So you could have likes of, if you've got any cheap players, like for example, I've got Key and I've got Walcott. You know, yeah. they're not going to, even though they've got two flitches, are they likely to score as salaries in one game as they are in two? No, I yeah. don't think so. It's been a big, I mean, going back to what we said right at the top about your team, Jack. Salah is another one of those players who's, you know, if you've got him in your team, he'll probably outscore some. I mean, looking at my. But I, I reckon he's going to outscore Morgan, who's in my team, who's playing twice. He'll definitely outscore Shalotto, who's playing twice. Ryan, who's playing twice. Cook, who's playing twice. So plenty of people have outscored. And the only person I think. Because I gave, I gave out a little bit of stick on when he scored that goal on Twitter. I said, you know, to, to people who'd sold Salah, a lot of people said, if you're not going to have Salah this week, you need a sofa, so you can hide behind it. So I asked Salah Niners. How's the sofa? And uh, one, one of my followers who uh, took it in good spirits, to be fair, said, yeah, no, I'm a little bit worried because it was there's still a fair bit of the game left. Um, but if he can just hold to the one goal, uh, he, this guy, uh, Joseph Allegretti, he's called, he'd actually taken him out and he'd put in Christian Eriksen, who then, the next, who then later that evening scored against Man City mm. and he's got a game to go against Brighton who are rubbish absolutely so that's, so that's rubbish it depends on your circumstances so, actually in that situation you know maybe I should put out a formal apology now and say actually good point you know you're, if you can if you can uh, get say so Ericsson gets two more goals uh, against Brighton and he's allowed to keep them both uh, then you know he'll have outscored Salah I mean, massively I, mean, I, don't, but, I, don't, I, can't, I don't know the answer to this I don't know if there's a way of finding out because I don't really do all the stats stuff that you do but you would, I would think if I had to be pushed on who I think if you sold Salah who you bring in you would think it'd be Ericsson and Sterling would be two of the yeah. most popular ones and they both scored done, so perhaps, perhaps many of them wouldn't have felt the hit yeah perhaps not I mean yeah it just depends who you went for um, but yeah Ericsson certainly could outscore him but the flip side of course is is that Zala's not in your team and you might need him back and also um, if you've made that transfer there um, you know a transfer where you take out someone who maybe scores two points and replace them with someone who scores ten could win you more points than taking out Salah who scored you eight and then Ericsson say if he only scores you twelve mm. or something so you know but like we should keep on saying in this part of the episode a lot of it depends on what happens um, in midweek um, but yeah so I'm on 50 Jack's on 53 it's still very much in the balance our scores for the month I'm on 85 he's on 82 I've so it's very tight I've hit mine though haven't I yeah so, so you're on 90 but 82 in net so yeah. it's very close like I said that final episode you know it's entirely plausible even though I'm something like 1 million 700 or 800,000 oh, places it'll be above you it'll be fascinating I could do a forfeit the fact that we've both got different chips as well makes it interesting. And yeah. I, again, I said um, when myself, you and Baron spoke on Messenger, the fact that we've all picked a different captain shows how difficult it was to oh, choose yeah. this week. Oh, man. Because quite often, so quite often one of us might have, normally me, because I'm just trying to, <laughs> trying to do something amazing, but not, you know, one of us will normally might have one difference, but for us all to have a different captain is very rare between the three of us, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, it, it definitely showed how difficult it was to choose. I, was, I actually had Lukaku as my captain on Friday night, and I didn't change it to Kane until about 11 o'clock on Saturday morning because it was tough. Um, Turns out so far, it's not really different. Baron went for Lukaku, so I mean, that just shows yeah. you that even though we're both having relatively good seasons, obviously Baron more so than me, you know, disparity there. Vardy, obviously, you, you'd seen as a left-field 
Troy said, so far, you're leading the way. I'd just like to ask but, you very quickly, <laughs> are you nervous about Vardy? It's yeah. Oh, yeah, massively so, yeah, because it's Southampton, isn't it? They're rubbish. And Vardy just loves... He just loves rustling feathers. And part all... of me feels like he, you know what? I reckon you read the article that I wrote about six weeks ago that was like he sucks in, in these games. The thing is, like... we were saying all of this about Lukaku had played a home game against West Brom, weren't wow. we? We were, we were. Yeah. saying West Brom sat, they can't do this, they can't do that. I, I hope so. Cause the thing is, that all whenever you're really excited about a fixture because you've got one player that's really on it, that's a differential amongst your friends. Inevitably, it ends as the biggest anticlimax going, and well, so far, we'll probably get injured after two minutes or something. Possibly, I mean, so far that's happened with Kane and Lukaku. That's yeah. the thing. Like, it, there's still that nervousness there because both of them blanked. So, I tell you what, I hope we'll Morata plays against Burnley because he's I, I, again I messaged you in the, in the week saying it was a bit delayed, but finally the regret of Morata has arrived. You know, yeah. We won a system on goal prize this week. Hopefully, it does, does something against Burnley away. You know, I'm I'm not so sure, but he may not, might not crossed. even start if Giroud gets to keep his starting place. Giroud is a good impact sub. That's um, true. I don't know yeah. if Morata would, would, would class as that, but oh, it's just so frustrating. So he, he's on my hit list to go, possibly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as we said, so much uh, does uh, ride on midweek, which we will update you on later in the week, which means we're just going to quickly look at our questions from the community about Game Week 35, specifically involving teams that have already played their game. So we've, you know, this is advice that should stay relevant throughout the whole week, unless there's training ground injuries that we aren't aware of. And the first one, obviously has to go straight to Arsenal because it was another defeat away from home. They are now the only team in the Premier League to not have any points away from mm-hmm. home in 2018. Uh, so the question from Zane is... I think they're the only team in the top in professional football in England. Oh, really? In the whole of England? Yeah, top 14. And that yeah. includes some rubbish teams. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah, they really are just so poor away from home. Uh, which is why Zane has asked, should we ignore Arsenal for blank game week 35? And I've actually done an article on the website this morning with some stat analysis comparing home versus away. Because in Black Game Week 35, they're not away from home. They're at home against West Ham. What are you thinking, Jack? They are the teams on my radar, I've got to be honest. They have, they have some great players. And when they click, they click. And I keep thinking they can't lose three away games in a row, four away games in a row, <laughs> five away. I keep thinking it's going to stop at some point because they are still a good team. Yeah, good players. They, they're, they're a good team compared to... I mean, the fact that they're only two points to Burnley, no disrespect to Burnley, but they do not have any world beaters. No, and the budget and I don't know whether... You know, I, I saw a Newcastle fan tweet that, you know, with, with a couple of really decent signings, we could push for the top 10, maybe even try and push for a European place next year. I don't know if the Premier League is one of the poorest it's been for a while, <laughs> or not, or just there's more, more disparity between the top few than there's ever been, between the top few and the, and the bottom, I don't know, 12. I, I don't know what it is, but there seems to be a lot of... On paper, average teams doing quite well this yeah. season. And on paper, decent teams doing poorly, like Arsenal and Chelsea. But yeah, Arsenal are on my radar. And, and it's, I've said on this podcast before, you know, when you bring an Arsenal player in and they don't do well, you've only got yourself to blame because Arsenal's record speaks for itself. And they just don't look like a team that wants to play with Wenger anymore. They don't look interested half the time. I've, I think well, it's actually, a shame li- Almost see. literally half the time because they're really good at home, but they're really rubbish away. It just seems like they don't want, they don't want to be there. Fenger's legacy is collapsing around him and I, I would love him to end on a high I would love, I would love him to win the Europa League and I would love him to call off as the Champions League and maybe that could be the time he ends it because it's just it's just diabolical to watch I was watching <laughs> them against Southampton who have been shocking and they, they weren't even great in that game yeah. but they scored the such they sloppy goals and you see the likes of Mustafi just so so poor and it looks like they have no interest mm. but yeah they're still on my radar <laughs> I was going to say this is all part of you saying you're going to look at them they've got some nice fixtures and I know some of them are away but they've got a double game week in 37 I mean 
But it's worth saying that you don't... I mean, for those who might not know, you don't have the free hit chip. So I don't have you've got to look beyond 35 if you're going to go for... That's up. the thing. I'm starting to prepare for 37. And... Oh, I can never pronounce his name. What's the Arsenal striker? Go on. You mean... Uh, Boomerang. Pierre-Emerick Pierre Aubameyang. I do apologise for listening to this. Uh, names are just uh, one of my weak points. Uh, unless you're called <laughs> like Matt or David or something. I can pronounce that. I'm glad you can say mine. Yeah. Aubameyang, for example. I mean... Yeah. Despite Arsenal's poor form, he's still been in relatively good form, for yeah. example. Ramsey recently has been in quite good form. So there are some nice players there. I don't think I'll go to anyone near Arsenal defence. No, I don't, think, I don't think I will either. I mean, I will, um, I mean I, I will mention how good they are at home because um, I think it is worth knowing. Because sometimes when you have this kind of national um, narrative about a team, as you've just taken us through, Jack, you know, they're a team that don't look interested... Wenger's legacy clearly is not going to end well, regardless. I mean, he, thing is, they could win the Europa League and people will still look back at the season and think it was yeah. poor because they had some really bad, you know, this, this run of games away from home. But at home, against teams who are outside the top six, they've literally won every single one. They've played 12 games against all of those teams and they've won all of them. It's weird because it, that annoys me because I don't really want to buy into this whole home and away thing. It's still 11 versus 11. And I, I, hate, I hate anything that yeah, points so much of it's mental. I know, I do get that. I do get that, but I hate it. And, yeah, well, yeah, but there's truth to it. I mean, I've always, I've always long thought that a lot of um, what makes you a good or a bad football player is in your head because, mm. you know, you can have as much ability. I mean, you know, we see, you see videos online of these guys who can sort of like do stupid tricks, but you put them on a football pitch and they're rubbish because they don't know how to apply their skill to a game. And, you know, then you add on things about, you know, pressure from home and away fans. And, you know, clearly it's got to the stage now where away teams who aren't in the top six know that Arsenal literally have a 100% record there. And it makes you then play differently. But so, the, the thing that I find about Arsenal as well is there's so many players. And I think Wilshire's been quite good actually this season. But I will include him in it. Like Chambers, um, Wilshire, uh, Holding. Some players that haven't been able to get into the team that are suddenly so... There and you just think, well, there's they weren't even rotated a few years ago. It seems like they've almost gone back a few years. <laughs> That's how bad it is. So I'd stay away from them. But I th- I th- there are some players that have moments of magic. Yeah, I mean, Abamyang, I think we've got to both agree, essential for Game Week 35 because he's, um, I think, eight goal involvements in eight games, six goals, two assists. Um, he is, he's not going to get rotated because he can't play in the Europa League because of being cup tied. So I think. Because you've only got six games to look at and there isn't a great deal of striker options, I think, I think Aubameyang's got to be essential. The team around him might be rotated, so they might not be quite as good as usual. I think, yeah, I've mentioned in the article that um, Czech, Mustafi and Monreal probably wouldn't get rotated. But you wouldn't trust them because no. West Ham, their away record isn't great, but Arnautovic is in good form and you know he loves to rustle a party. So if there's one guy who can just end this record of Arsenal's and, and, wins... And Czech's had such a howl of a season. Yeah, I mean, it's not been good. This is, this is, this is a sad, one of the saddest things about Wenger's current time is he seems to be turning players... And don't get me wrong, I know Czech's getting older, yeah. but he seems to have, within a blink of an eye, turned some fantastic players into some very average <laughs> players. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, past Aubameyang is difficult. The only other one I think is worth looking at as possibly a punt is actually Alex Owobi because... He uh, played against Newcastle, didn't play against Moscow. He came on as a sub. Uh, he played against Southampton and actually got two assists in that game. So, you know, he, he looks like he could start. Because we should just actually just point out to you that West Ham, they're playing them on the Sunday, game week 35, and then they're playing Atletico Madrid four days later. So you'd expect that particular fixture to feature some rotation. But it looks like Iwobi could play. So Is, is there any update on how long Mkhitaryan's out for? Is it not, uh, so I don't know. They're thinking on. around maybe the end of the month. So I think Mkhitaryan wouldn't be quite in the frame. 
definitely always listen to the press conferences. And Wenger says we're going to play him against West Ham and then hope that he's fit for the second leg against Madrid. Then yeah, I, I'd look at Mkhitaryan because See, he's a good player. So. To me, it's definitely um, him and uh, uh, sorry, it's um, Ramsey is what. The, He's, he's currently got an injury doubt at the moment but for, for that double game week as well yeah. I still think there's I guess it just comes to... down to the Europa League rotation yeah. I suppose so I think maybe the bottom line on Arsenal is I mean my view is I think you should be looking to try and invest in the right players um, Jack's you obviously is don't trust them but I think that just goes to show you how untrustworthy they are is that no, I think they're worth looking at I would trust the defensive players okay. I, would, I would say yeah, that attacking players that. are possibly worth a punt but definitely that's, I would say um listen to those press conferences towards the end of the week because you might hear more about who will and won't play. Um, speaking of strikers, because we've obviously talked about Aubameyang, um, Gabriel Jesus has all of a sudden come into uh, a potential um, situation where we're going to sign him this week, uh, especially if you're looking at free hit as well. So, I mean, that, a lot of these questions have come down from the fact that the free hit is going to be available. Yeah. I'm going to play the free hit. So, that's why if I'm going to pull in an Arsenal player, it's no strings attached, so I'm not that bothered. Um, same with Gabriel Jesus. I mean, I don't like the rotation risk later on in the season, but at the moment, it looks like Aguero is out. I mean, Gabriel Jesus, you've had him at the, you had him at the start of the season, didn't you, Jack? I had him for a period, Have you yeah. thought about bringing him back? Because, of course, they got a game in 35 against Swansea at home. It's going to be the first game since they've won the league, so that you'd like to think they'll be up for it. Uh, not in any of the Cups anymore. And they've got a double in 37, which is really tasty. Is he someone that you could sign for those last four weeks and you think he'd get you a lot of points? If they hadn't already won the Premier League, it would be without a shadow of a doubt. The fact that they have won it and they just won it, I don't know... Well, there's youngsters he might want to play. They've got nothing left to play for this season uh, in the Premier League. They're, they're out of Europe. <sighs> Ten million's a lot if he, does, if he is rotated. That's, that's my worry. I think, like I said, if I had a free hit, he would definitely be up there as one of the top players to get because I think at home to Swansea. Mm. They, they, they could be there for the taking, possibly. And like you said, in fact, all five of their fixtures are, are pretty tasty. Mm. You know, it's, it's, just that, it's just that worry factor. Ten million is such a lot of money. Yeah. And I'd much rather, if it was between him and Aubameyang, just say, Aubameyang will win every time because there's yeah. likely him to play. Well, what I would say is that um, with Jesus, I think I, could, I, I think I can definitely ease your worry about rotation simply because they don't really have any other strikers. And if Aguero is out, I mean, that, that for me is the crux. We, you probably need to wait until Thursday, Friday when Pep does his pre-match press conference. If he says Aguero is back, then yeah, definitely I'd leave him. But if he says Aguero ruled out again, then... I would definitely look to, to bring him in. Um, but, and, and if he says Aguero out for the season, I would also bring him in. I suppose we are both looking at this from different perspectives. I'm looking at Jesus as a one-week, no-strings-attached signing for yeah. my free hit, and I, whereas and you're I, looking at it long-term. So. I understand. You know, like I said, if I had a free hit, he would definitely be up there. It's, but, you know, it's, it's just, it'll be interesting to see what, what Pep does. And he's definitely got potential to get points. I mean, you know, you, the fact that he's got the, the, the players behind him that can do a job as well, you know... If you've got them performing well, then the strikers are always likely to have, to have some sort of say on what goes on. One last question, which is a bit, um, I don't want to say left field, but um, an interesting one. I wasn't expecting a question like this from Fred, who says, should we be looking to the Everton defence at home to Newcastle in game week 35, which will be on the Monday night? What do you think, Jack? You've Sorry, got say that question again? It's, uh, should we be looking to the Everton defence at home to Newcastle on Monday night? You have, you've got Pickford, of I mean, course. I do have Pickford and, and I've, you've got I've, the I've, got, I've got both goalkeepers so who would you start I suppose is, is to tailor it to your team I think I would be aiming towards Pickford Pickford gets a lot of bonus points so if it was to be a score draw I, if you were to ask me to get a gamble I'd go on Pickford being more, more likely to get bonus points 
Newcastle have impressed me actually because yeah, again I don't really good recently. I don't think they've got some fantastic group of players and that's no disrespect. I yeah. think it just proves well, what I think great Rafa Benitez has said Benitez that too. Is doing, <laughs> you know. They haven't had some of the funds, they haven't had some of the transfers that they would have wanted. And the fact that he's got them into the top ten, I think the tenth at the moment, aren't they? Mm. Is astounding. Um so I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, I've, I've got a lot to work out. I mean, currently, let's, I'm just looking at my team for next week. I've got one, two, three, four, five. So I've got seven players that play next week. Um, I've got eight, including both keepers, but only one keeper can play. So I've got, so, so I've got a lot to think about. And none of my strikers are playing next week as things stand. Yeah. So it, it's tough because, again, for me, I've got to think about the double game week. I can't just make transfers and then want to transfer them out again. Anyone I make, I need to have to keep in for the rest of the season now, I mm. think. It's definitely um, requiring a lot more planning from, from you than usual because you don't have your free hit. I think you'd love to have your free hit for 35. I think I used it at the wrong time. But, yeah, I'm... Should we look at Everton defence? I'm, I'm... I wouldn't be like, stocking up too. I mean, I'm not looking at the other fixtures, to be honest. I mean, but... I've got to admit, there's not many that I'm that enamoured by because... Um, yeah, the thing is, Newcastle have been in good form recently. Um, and I think they could go and score at Everton. West Brom, Liverpool. I can't see either side keeping a clean sheet there because West Brom, as we've seen, can go and score away at the best home defence. Watford Palace can see a score draw there. Arsenal, West Ham, both unreliable at the back. Stoke Burnley's probably the best chance of a nil-nil, but I mean Burnley if, haven't kept a clean sheet if, in a while. If, if I was Fred on my free hit, I think I'd be looking at Burnley and... Liverpool defenders maybe um, and maybe Palace because even Man City at home against Swansea I just don't trust that Man City defence I really don't trust it I don't like it at all and um, you know I could get off to Mendy I've got room I've had a little fiddle around I could get him but you know he, has, he, got, he got rested and I don't know there's just so many defences I actually think I mean what we said for game week 31 because again that was a week when clean sheets didn't look that likely look at the defenders because if, you if you're doing it just one for one week uh, look at the defenders who are most likely to score so that's when you start looking at people like Robertson or you know assists for example or Monreal possibly to maybe get you a goal or, or whatever because he's done that um, or maybe Carl Walker could get an assist and then Everton I guess the reason this question may have come in is because Baines and Coleman are potentially decent attacking but, but if, you, if you look at Newcastle's recent fixtures the only teams they've not scored against are the top, some of the top teams Liverpool yeah. and you're not, uh, Liverpool yeah, Liverpool so yeah. They score a lot of goals against some of the, the middle of the ground teams, yeah. even away from home. They can easily get And Everton, I don't think, are as good at the back as uh, people think they well, should they be. They scored one against Palace, two against Bournemouth away. They didn't score against Liverpool. They scored against Leicester, two against Leicester away. Yeah, so away result. from home, they're, they're, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a, you know, uh, there are better teams to invest in than Everton, I think, when you play Newcastle. They're not as bad as or some people might think they are by looking at just paper and not looking at anything else. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but I mean, I think it just goes to show the fixtures are a bit tricky from a defensive side of things again. But it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how this week, the, the next game week goes, because it's when I only had seven players, I had one of my best weeks. So yeah, just it's, it's bizarre, isn't it? Well, I should just say actually, you're in a good position, and you, I think you've handled it these last couple of weeks as well as you could, because you've got seven players ready for next week. I've got three, so I really? yeah, I definitely need to. But, but you got your free hit. But that, the reason why I tailor, but the thing is, right, I haven't, I, I hadn't even looked at thirty five. Like I wasn't making transfers with an eye on that because I knew I had the free hit. So I mean, you know. It sounds bad, but it's not like I've been. You know, I, I've I've had the luxury of being able to ignore those fixtures and just look outside. That, it's so. weird though because so many of these interrupted games have come in such a short space of time. Yeah. it's almost impossible to prepare for every <laughs> single one. You have to so almost 
be willing to take a hit somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely, um, you know, I've had help with a lot of the accounts on Twitter that have been very helpful. Ben Crelin's been good with his spreadsheets of when the double game weeks are going to be. And, uh, you know, keep, just keeping, a, keeping an eye on what, what goes on there is always, is always helpful to make sure that you are informed it's, of all of the peaks and troughs of the, the blanks and the doubles. So you are, you are right. It's, 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 I'm quite lucky in a way that I've got some players yeah. involved next week without actually doing any forward planning. And you've got one transfer to use? But you, transfer, but, but you mean you might take a four point hit um, so I mean and so then that pull you up to nine so then compared to people who don't have the free hit chip you might do alright so um, yeah it'll be interesting to see but of course like we said um, there's still plenty of football to play uh, either on Thursday or Friday we'll get the second part of this episode up where we'll recap what happened in the rest of the double game week because everything could change between now and then um, which means that we just have our stat of the week left to do which uh, so, I've take, taken I should say it feels a bit sad that we don't have a quiz today doesn't it right. it feels a bit odd but I mean like I said it's just half time it's yeah. half time in this episode uh, even though we're doing the things normally at the we'll end. We'll have to sit on the opposite couches next in the next... Uh, oh, yeah, time. swap ends. Mm. Yeah, swap ends, yeah. Um, so our stat this week, uh, I'm taking it from Mark to Joe again because they always do some good stats. So West Brom have scored just 26 goals this season, which is the same total that Manchester United have registered in the first half of games. So that just shows you the difference between the two sides and yet West Brom still won. How frustrating for Man United defensive overs. It's, it's interesting listening to Darren Moore speaking and the players speak about Darren Moore, actually. I don't know if you listened to any of that. Yeah, I saw some of that, yeah. Just... They seem to really like the guy, and I yeah. don't know whether he's. Well, got... he is a West Brom legend, isn't he? So I don't I mean... know whether he's got a chance of getting a job full time, but they seem to be liking him, and I don't know if he wants a job well, full time. If he can but... get that result when that team is basically relegated already against a team that needed to win to avoid their rivals winning, that's that's a great result. Well, it's just so... to give some fans hope for next season as well. They yeah. know what's going to come this season, and it was quite damning of Alan Pardew actually. What some of the players were yes. saying about how much they liked more and what he'd done. A breath of fresh air. Yeah. He's described it. Some of the, without actually having a go at Pardew, it was very interesting to see. So if anyone that's not listened to that, I recommend going to find out if you're interested in that sort yeah, of thing. Definitely do that. In terms of what we're going to have on the website this week, it's um like I said, a little bit limbo state. Um, just going to try and get as much up as we can about game week 35 that doesn't hinge on double game week 34. So as I said, we've got an article up already about Arsenal's statistics home and away because they make a really interesting reading because they're very very different. Uh, so definitely check those out. Um, and then we'll have some more later in the week and we'll see you do we in know, the second half do we know when, what day we're going to do that yet Thursday or Friday so definitely keep an eye on Twitter to see when the episode will come out so uh, um, yeah we'll see you in the second half thank you for listening to Waiting on the Bonus Points we're always happy to help you out with your FBL team so if you have Big build all the all news the telephone nu bij Tele2, de Huawei P20. Omdat het kan. Voor een genadeloos lage prijs. Check tele2.nl voor de beste deal voor jou. Ik omdat het moet, maar omdat het kan.